Hi, you're listening to the, the Ford Takeaway Podcast, where we talk about anything and everything on the menu from movies, music, gossip, news, etc., through the eyes of four rather weird individuals. I'm Heiko. I'm Hannah. I'm Hamad. I'm Yas. And this episode is part two of Learning Through the Movement. Today, we give you updates, talk about privilege, and read your suggestions on how to help in this movement. Would you like that for dining or for takeaway? For takeaway. Order's up. Order's up. Ding. Ding, ding. <laughs> All right. How are you guys? Well, it's been a while, huh? It feels like the last recording session has been ages ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it's just like a week ago. A week ago, a week. exactly a week yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, a week. A less week than a week ago. It was six days ago. <gasps> okay. <laughs> so odd. How are you guys feeling? I think um, the whole world is easing up on the quarantine and lockdown now, right? Yeah, and I also think we feel like a lot has, uh, like it's been a long time because so many things have been happening still day by yeah, day. Yeah, day by day, right? Right. Yeah, that's yeah. that's probably what made this whole week feel longer than usual yes yeah so as kuya hamid said today is part two of learning through the movement and we are going to give you updates we're going to begin with giving you updates on how this movement and the protests what resulted from it Mm -hmm. so far Mm -hmm. and again a lot has been happening day by day so many and the protests have been going on for about two weeks now right Yep. And the protests spark a lot of events, a lot, a lot, a lot of good, which is the goal, and unfortunately, a lot of bad, too. <clears throat> so I'm going to update everyone on some of the bad things and, more importantly, the good things that have come out of the protests. So we have touched on part one, that many people have been using the protests as an opportunity to loot and cause chaos. Right. And this margin of people, sad to say, is what most mainstream news sources have been focusing on to -hmm. create, like, this image that the protests do nothing but damage and they're not really doing any good. Yeah. That's sad, isn't it? Why would It just is really telling and it shows how media there or media anywhere would want to shape everything. Yeah. And meanwhile, aside from that, a lot of influencers are treating these protests like a photo op. Oh, oh we my were just God. talking about that yep. a few days what? ago. Where <laughs> yes. So you haven't seen that, Kuya? So a lot of influencers, no. quote, influencers, are going to the protests all dressed up. You With know, their they, yoga pants. They're looking for, or, or like a gown. What? Yes, what? a gown, oh and, <laughs> and they would they would ask for someone or make their own sign of the BLM, you know, just make uh-huh. a sign, mm-hmm. and they would just take pictures, or videos, or anything, just be there for the photo opportunity. Yeah, and as go soon back. as the picture is done, they would get into their car and drive home. Exactly. Oh, yeah, There's I, this. Damn. Yeah. yeah I you saw, Yasin saw. Yasin showed me one instance where this uh, lady. Um, was trying to drill. Have drill. Oh, I saw oh, it too. Was Did you show me that? Yeah. yeah. Where she yeah, was just drill. She was oh, trying yeah. to drill the, the wall, and then um, she then said thank you to the to the guy who was actually doing it, 
And right after, oh, thank you so much. Because her boyfriend was taking a picture of her. And after the picture was taken, she just went into the car with her boyfriend and drove off. And that's it. And I love the person, like the people watching her. They were yeah. like, wow. oh, good job, guys. BLM. Wow. Good job. <laughs> and and was, wasn't there a YouTuber who was kind of... Um, Kind oh. of caught into Arrested. the what? So, yep. yeah, Jake, you're talking Jake about Jake Paul. Jake Paul, Back right? Who was part of a looting activity. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. He didn't actually loot or, like, cause a lot of damage. But he was there just, you know, for the op- to, f- to use this as, like, for the cloud. content. Yeah. Clickbait mm. content. Yeah. Uh, well, we are not entirely, I mean... Not to judge, I'm kidding. <laughs> not to judge, but judging Jake Paul. <laughs> yeah, but and we we are not anyone who could just say, "Oh yeah, you're doing it because of your for your content," or "Yes, you're doing that without any hint of sincerity." But knowing when you watch the videos and when you see for yourself, you don't need any explanation. It's right there in front of you. So it's really hard to say otherwise. And with the history of what Jake Paul has been yeah. doing. Aside from that, also, there have been cases from around the world where young people, mostly young people, but not exclusively young people, mm-hmm. they've been using the death of George Floyd like as a joke and they imitate the scene to make fun of it. Oh, God, yeah. And they post pictures on Snapchat everywhere. Oh, yeah, I saw that one. It's like this new challenge or trend. Yeah, that's just... How... How how does your brain work to be able to do something like that? Yeah, what kind of person are you? Didn't they call that the George Floyd challenge where they reenact this this whole scene? What's the background? Is that... That's not to spread awareness. That's... Well, why, why is there a backpack challenge? What's the backpack challenge? What's the backpack? What's you know, the one in the in in schools where they just throw out their backpacks. Oh, to the to a person. That yeah, was it? Yeah, I, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Was was what, oh, what is oh, that okay, for? Okay. What it's is like the a gauntlet the of multiple people, challenge. and then you have to run through them yeah. while they're throwing yeah. backpacks yeah, at yeah. you. Did they maybe only have that at Jewish I mean, school? That's that's like another thing. That's a whole other thing. But doing no, imitating the scene of the death of George Floyd and. Smiling and doing thumbs up while doing so—that's oh. a whole other level of insanity and stupidity, yes. and ignorance and insincerity, yes, immaturity. Wow. And Damn. more on this in the good news, though. I'm gonna be going back to this. It, it also kind of reminded me of that. Uh, you remember when Syrian refugees were fleeing Syria? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there was this boy who drowned mm-hmm. on the beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wearing the red shirt, he was face down on the beach yeah. sands. Yeah. yeah, and then people started doing that too. Oh wow! Wow, I did not know that. They lie prone on the beach. I guess people are some just sort of challenge. There are people like that. No. Okay, so with this, with with all of this, I mean, these aren't the only things that have been happening that are, you know, straying the the goal, straying away from the goal of the protests, but. With this, a lot of good things have come from the protests. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is it is the goal. And so far, I'm going to give you some and a little of the things that have been happening. First, the protests have gone worldwide. Yes. Which is good. Over here in Germany. Which is really good. And also. the voices of everyone 
around the world are for this. They want to mm-hmm. eradicate this everywhere. That's really good. Um, another, some people that made fun of George Floyd that I was talking about, the the challenge thing. Some of them, not all, but it's good that some of them have been either expelled or not accepted in their colleges. Yes. I oh. think yep. that is just the proper mm-hmm. um, answer. Oh. Yeah. To the proper consequence, awesome. I mean. That's, it's satisfying. Yes. <laughs> Um, another one is a lot of money has been raised for many donations, like the bail fund, um, mm-hmm. donations to the victims, the ones affected, and to the NAACP. Yeah. That's really good. A lot by celebrities and people around the world donating. And a lot of people using their platforms too. And signing petitions as well. Yeah. Yeah. Another, um, it's recent too, is that a lot of statues and monuments in the USA of people that have, you know, contributed ah, yes. to the Slavery. racist system of the government. They have been destroyed and, you know, taken down, which mm-hmm. is really nice. Because, yeah, I mean, it's on. a matter of time. And it's, it's not just in the US. Um, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's like, and I'm surprised. are actually defending it. Huh? Which is concerning. There are a lot of people who actually defend... Yes. I mean, are against oh, the yeah. taking down of these statues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that it's great that it happened now, but I'm surprised that it happened sooner. Like, why just now? These statues, you know? Yeah, but, but I'm happy. Hamad was talking about how people would defend, would say why, would be... Would be against taking yeah, would down be the statues. Yeah, taking but down. they're the same people who would probably say all lives matter. <laughs> so, another... Yeah, or there are just some few bad apples. Yeah. Oh no! Uh, stop it. Okay. Oh, I'm Another not gonna stop. Is... I, I'm, I'm gonna start on that later. But oh yeah, okay. A little foreshadowing. <laughs> Do I'm sorry. I'm, uh, yeah. For now, stop. But later, go off. <laughs> so the next one. Save it. Another one is the four officers that were responsible for George Floyd's death. They have been fired and charged, which is good. Really good. Have they been <clears throat> detained? But I wasn't able to. I wasn't able to read on that. I know that Chauvin, mm-hmm. um, the one who with really, second degree, yeah, he was he was prosecuted with second degree. The three, How about the three, the three other officers were charged with what do you call that when you are a blah blah to accomplice, something like that. Accomplice. But however, there's something else that we should talk about too. But mm-hmm. just really quickly, um, <clears throat> not to go back to something bad, but we have to, mm-hmm. is that one of the police officers, one of the four named Thomas Lane. Yes. Yeah. Um, he was charged, you know, with being an accessory to murder. Is that, is that, yeah, accessory I think to so. Is that what you call it? Um, he is free now because he posted what? bail of $750,000. But that's just bail. That's bail. And he used crowdfunding yes. to do so. I just read about that. Where did he? Oh my god! What he 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 put up a crowdfunding. Okay, this is according to um, dude. This is according to Star Tribune, and they reported this. But I'm not. I haven't like. I tried to dig, but the first report was from Star Tribune that he opened up a crowdfunding site to for people to donate for his bail. But wait, is this confirmed other than? Star Tribune, Star Tribune, CNN, oh, okay. NY Post have been talking about it. Oh wow! Yep. 
Like and and the people who donate, what? Wait, do uh, wait. I I I just want to ask: Did he make this crowdfunding in his name that people actually know? Yeah, that they're, it's, they're it's for his bail. for him. Yeah. Oh wow! I mean, I'm not even surprised anymore. Uh, yeah, true. you could be surprised by that. Well, let's let's g- move on. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a good thing I, I read I about that before because if if I had only just just known that from you. I would have just probably punched my my monitor here. Yeah, this is just it's appalling. so it's so maddening. I haven't really listened or read or watched anything for about two days now because I'm on hiatus. I'm t- taking a break from social media and the news right now because it's just everything's just maddening, and sometimes you really have to take time for yourself. True. So yeah, but hearing this now, it's just yeah. <laughs> We're right back at it. You should You're have right. made. You should have made like Heiko, and like read it before. Read <laughs> yes. more stuff before, so you wouldn't get mad right now. Yeah. Just get all the so bad stuff on your plate, and then get over with, and then take yeah a seven day so, hiatus. So it could have been digested beforehand. <laughs> so <clears throat> aside from the people responsible for George Floyd's death, a judge ruled that there was probable cause to try the three white men that were. Um, to try the three white men mm-hmm. in murder charges for the death of Ahmad Arbery. Did we talk but about that? But are they the already charged? Um, I think it's still on process right now. Okay, that's good. But, but that's good. But the judge ruled that there was probable cause. Okay. That's really good. Did we talk about the Ahmed uh, Arbery um, case last time? We didn't. No. We mentioned them, but yeah. we didn't get into it. Okay. You know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, but uh, but yeah. Ah- Ahmad, sorry, Ahmad, Ahmad is another victim of police brutality. Yeah. With oh dear. Yeah, like George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. These are just Ugh. some <sighs> of many, many. Yeah, victims. and moving uh, moving to Breonna. So far, the people responsible for her death have not been charged with anything. Yeah. However, um, there's a law called Breonna's Law, and it has yes. been passed to regulate um, no-knock no. warrants for narcotics cases. Because mm-hmm. uh-huh. uh, right now, like, you can just... If, if, if someone is projected to be involved with narcotics or anything like that, they you can... You can get a warrant and just barge just in barge straight into the, yeah. in your home. So they're... In one and, and for Bio- in Briona's case, it was so freaking sad, and I'm so angry. Yes, because it was the wrong house, and they killed mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, uh, and she, yeah. she wasn't even and the she, one who so was defending herself, right? Because it was her boyfriend, and then she herself yeah. got shot in the ensuing yeah. struggle eight times. Oh. Mm-hmm. eight times. Yeah, yeah, and she and she's a frontliner, and she helped a lot with COVID victims, and she just. <sighs> it's yeah, it's, sad. it's a sad story. These stories are just so crazy and makes you so mad. But yeah, at least for now, small steps. There's a law called Rihanna's Law again to um, regulate the no-knock warrants. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. little steps. Good. But well, you know there are going to be people who are going to be steps. like, "Hey, if she was if she was innocent, why did she live there? Then why didn't she move to a better neighborhood?" Uh, <sighs> most probably, that would probably be the argument of people. Uh, people would have arguments like that. They'd also be like, "Then why did her boyfriend defend himself if they were innocent?" Yeah. Mm. Okay. 
Whew, okay. <laughs> I meant to mention all these good things so that we would be like relieved. <laughs> but oh, you can no. I, I hate you can see how tense we all are now. That worked out I, I, well. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's good that these are happening. But then, if you think about it, what took so long for these exactly. things to happen? Mm-hmm. And this is yeah. That's such a good transition to what I, I wanted to say. Okay. Because I was about to say, peop, a lot of people have been saying that protest peacefully, man. If you want to get, you know, if you want to create peace between the they police and been. eradicate racism, protest peacefully. But how many decades or centuries even have they been? I mean, your been? country was built on a revolution. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes. And and if, if if the only way for it to happen is this, I don't blame the people that are are angry and could cause some violence because riots have been happening not only for this movement riots have been happening to to um open up so many things that are open right now like um the stonewall yeah. riots what else the riots in the 60s right the uh the los angeles riots where do you know those things about the roof koreans yeah mm. they're coming back yeah that that's that was like cool but yeah so, no, don't blame them for being this angry now. And what happened to them? I mean, if you're telling them, why are you so mad? Well, I think one day would not even be enough to explain to you mm-hmm. why they are mad. True. So, yeah, so many things have been happening day by day. So I recommend if you still want to be updated, look around, search. Mm-hmm. And um, a, a great source is Philip DeFranco, very... Good source for news every day. Uh, Sean King. Sean King. Yeah, inform yourself. Those are some bad things and some really, really good things that have been coming out of these protests. So now that you are updated and also to continue to learn through this movement, Haiko is going to lead a conversation on privilege, how to use it for good, and how it is present in a lot of people, maybe even you listening right now. Well, those are a lot of requirements. Oh, I can feel the pressure. <laughs> no, no, no pressure. So as you can see, I prepared some, some notes. And the last times I did that, usually the discussion would go a different way. And that's totally fine. That's what we're here for. Um, so let me just start with that and walk down this road with, with you two, uh, with you three, and see where it leads us. Okay. Um, what I wanted to talk to you about of course, privilege, like you said. When we talk about privilege, I think the very first thing we would have to do would um, be to draw a line, like a distinction between uh, what can you, what you can see as social privilege, what we are talking or what we've been talking about lately, and the privilege in law. Um, and those are actually very different in a very important way. Like in law, you can earn your privilege, right? And it's conditional, mm-hmm. so you can... Um, get a driver's license and once you mess up as um, a driver of a car or whatever um, it can be revoked right so if like if you get a license that's one of your privileges right and and you work for it and everyone knows that's a privilege it's like obvious for everyone i'm Mm -hmm. trying to point out all the differences um between that and the social privilege which uh is what like i said what we've been talking about lately and what is usually so deeply embedded in our system that it's mostly like obscured and veiled like special advantages Mm -hmm. that depend Mm -hmm. on your cultural Mm -hmm. environment that are based on skin color ability disabilities sexual orientation religion 
and so on. And usually, usually privileges of a certain group come always at the expense of another group. Like when we mm. apply it to Black Lives Matter movement, it's super obvious. Yeah. And what's coming up now and what is being discussed more and more, which is also a good thing, would be a white privilege. Mm -hmm. And that would be advantages you have, not just in the USA, but in the entire world right now, um, that you have just because you're born with a white or light skin. Most obvious example right now, which is why people are going on the streets and protesting and rioting, would be um, applied to the situation with the police in the USA. Yeah, mm -hmm. Because as a white person, you enjoy that privilege um, of knowing that the police is your friend. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. If a police car shows up and you, you hear the sirens, you can think or you can be convinced that everything is going to be okay because they're your friend and helper. That's what you get as a white person. As a black person, that's a totally different feeling or totally different um, sensation that you get when you hear a siren coming up and a police car pull over. Um, mm -hmm. I'll talk about this in a minute. And what else? If you, you know, privilege would also be if you know that um, you if you comply in a police situation, you know you'll be fine. That's yeah. also something that not everyone can hope for. Like mm -hmm. in this situation, George Floyd, he was complying. We all saw that yes. on the video that was going around. And he still didn't make it out of there alive. So or you don't even have the chance to comply or to not comply. Right, because, Sometimes because all those commands are being shouted at you. Mm -hmm. That Sometimes you're not even given enough time to even uh, process. Process. Call it process Yeah, what's being said yeah. to you. And you've already been getting riddled with bullets. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, if you... If, if police is talking to you if there is a situation mm -hmm. happening that's already enough reason for you to, to be tense to be mm -hmm. right to to be under pressure and if someone's yelling all those commands yeah, get yeah. down hands up do this do that i think it's only you can't expect the other person to be calm when you're shouting at them to calm down yeah no one ever yeah. in the history of calming down has ever successfully calmed down after being told to calm down told to like that yeah, yeah and um there's basically no need as a white person that you have to fear an ordinary encounter um, with the police. But as an as a Af African-American person, those always can potentially be deadly. And that's, mm -hmm. this is where white privilege right now is becoming blatantly obvious, not just in mm -hmm. the or George Floyd black, case. Not just Amer African-American, right? Or, yeah, well, yeah. Well, and I've been watching some My Stories videos on YouTube. I think the the one that made the most impression on me was by a channel called FB, FBE, and it's called My mm -hmm. Stories, and it's a it's a video where black people in the U.S. Um, talk about their encounters, not just with the police, but with all kinds of people and how they've been discriminated against in like yeah. super everyday normal situations even. And there's another yeah. another thing um, that most apparently in, in, in a lot of ho households happens that a white person could never understand. Like, um, you don't have to talk with your parents about how you have to be extra nice about the police or around mm -hmm. the police and extra careful right. that when you get pulled over, mm. you, it's, it's always a safe thing to always say, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. And mm -hmm. always have a copy of your, of your license and everything you need already at the, 
glove box. And the, not, not even in the glove, glove no, box, the like thing. next to your wheel. Dashboard. So on, the, on the dashboard, right, thank you. Yeah, the dashboard. So you don't make the impression that you're reaching for a weapon, right? Yeah. Um, I read about that case where uh, a black person has been pulled over and asked to get his license and the papers. And as he was reaching um, for his license and the papers in a, in a glove box, um, was already um, threatened with a gun because apparently he, yeah. or in the eyes of the police was officer, he was reaching for a weapon. Mm -hmm. So that's, right. that's insane. Uh, and that, mm -hmm. this, of course, uh, reveals the fact that black people have to be taught that from an early age. Right. Mm -hmm. The talk, yeah, yeah. the talk for white people is, the talk is always about us, like sexual educations, but yeah. the, the talk <laughs> the birds and the bees. is about how you can, how you know you can be safe around police by being extra nice. Yes. As a, mm -hmm. in a black um, family. And there's, and there's this one, um, there's a video where, where it was a child and a dad being interviewed and then mm. they asked the child what the father or the parents taught her and she was reciting the script where I am blah blah years old and and I have um, nothing to harm you or, or threaten you with I nothing to harm you I'm not holding anything that is dangerous and blah mm -hmm. blah and for this kid she was just like eight or younger even mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. she was she was tiny yeah. And there's yeah. another video on this dad that taught his son how to um, breathe or how to survive being or having a knee on your mm -hmm. nape in the back of your neck. Oh, that's scary. It's so scary. Yeah. Very. Jeez. Did you see that video where the LAPD um, shows up to, uh, because they're being called to attend or help with a looting or a looting situation? And they show mm -hmm. up and immediately pull the um, put the store owners on handcuffs. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then th what? some witnesses are saying that they're not they're not the ones mm -hmm. they should mm -hmm. be restraining because they're the owners. Yeah. The looters are actually running away right now, but right. to no avail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. White privilege. White privilege. <laughs> white privilege also would mean to. Not even need a movement when no activism is needed. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I think Hannah once um, asked me how in Germany sometimes there's there's racism or how um, how white people are. What was that? How white people are perceived? And then I told you that white people are sometimes called or Germans are always sometimes called Kartoffeln, like potatoes. Potatoes. Which is oh somewhat of a racial slur, but doesn't even come close to to that kind of racism that affects the mm -hmm. marginalized people everywhere to a mm -hmm. degree that it really uh, really makes their lives so much worse yeah, yeah. i mean i i yeah. if, if people call me potato that's okay because i know i i'm good right and like uh, what are what what are uh things that you say to white people about um they can't follow a beat, for example. They're, um, yeah. Th these are just white stereotypes, though. Right. It's not anything that could harm them, or be. It's not even close to what the black community, for example, is experiencing. Right. And that's. It's certainly not enough to justify like a movement, like like the anti-Karen movement. Oh yeah, or or the movement of opening up the state again. Yeah. When you wait, did you read about this one lady who 
argued that the Karen is a racial, racial slur. slur and it's equally bad as as, as bad as the n-word as the word yeah i saw that oh um, really it's the n-word of the new age or something well, i shouldn't like go that. into wow. that deeply because i don't have a source for you right now yeah but but yasin is just about to talk about is just about to talk about <laughs> uh this the difference there's like he showed me a picture or a video of the difference between the protests going on when they wanted to open, when they wanted to end quarantine or the lockdown versus yeah. the protest the of protest the BLM movement. For the BLM movement. That actually matters, to be frank. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. In the protests of that, briefly, they were armed. Mm -hmm. They were violent. The white they people were, were yeah, armed. Yeah, white people were armed. They were violent. They were up in the faces of the police officers touching them. And mm -hmm. the police officers were like, okay, calm down, everything, calm they down, They didn't calm even down, have down. pepper spray. They didn't have tasers. They yeah. didn't have uh, guns with rubber bullets. They didn't yeah. have... Um, Batons. Batons. They didn't Batons. have anything. They, it was just their uniform and a mask, and they were mm -hmm. just kind of like... They weren't even pushing people, people were away. armed. Yeah, mm -hmm. but... A lot of them were armed. Yeah, and, and there was even an article, uh, I can't remember from where... Um, they they put two pictures together, one showing different protest signs of those people who wanted to uh -huh. open up the uh, U.S. again, I mean, remove lockdown, and those people who are protesting for the BLM. And it's just way different, like... Um, I want to I wanna have a haircut. Want a haircut. I want to enjoy a haircut. Oh my god. And then yes, the other side happened. would be I can't breathe. Yeah. Fudge. You Privilege. Know? Yes. Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's peak before privilege. we huh? Peak privilege. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Before we go on and before I deliver my little PSA to you or well to everyone actually. Mm -hmm. Just wanted to digress a little talk about professional privilege. Um professional privilege by the way, um when you when you are in a certain professional position that you enjoy a privilege that's connected to your education, like when you're a doctor, a professor or something, um, is hugely getting out of hand now when you look at the police because, um, yeah, professional pa privilege as a police person, policeman, mm -hmm. policewoman, it, even if you mess up grossly, like um, those gentlemen in the George Floyd case, it's super hard to get someone charged and to, to detain mm -hmm. someone. And as soon as you charge yeah. them, they're out on bail, as we can see. Mm -hmm. This is where professional privilege is showing and where you, where it's apparent that there's a huge flaw in this system. Yeah. Like there are a lot of people who actually defend those, uh, the, the police and their way of acting by saying that they're really just a few bad apples. Mm -hmm. And... <clears throat> and those are just isolated events. Yes, and they may be good as a person, but we're not we're not being against the people here. We're being against the system that that right. enables this racist way of treating society. This mm -hmm. ne neglectful way or negligent yeah. way, huh? right? And bad apples. Whew, I mean, we're talking about a profession where there are no bad apples allowed at all. Exactly. Right. So as soon as there are bad apples, I, I mean, pr police people or the police has that privilege 
of being excused as having bad apples when they actually mm-hmm. shouldn't well, there be. Any. Shouldn't be. Right. There shouldn't be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't saw hear this. that about doctors. I th- I saw this comment where they say if you're a medical doctor, if you're a surgeon, if you mess up, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're done. Oh, done. You're done. You're done. You're you're, you're done. Exactly. <laughs> right. And then why, if you're a policeman, if you mess up? Oh, there's just few of them. Yeah. Yeah. What does that like, say? That about medical it? surgeon is not just a bad apple that you could excuse. Yeah. Or like he, a firefighter. He's gone. Right. Imagine a firefighter screws up and the entire house burns down. And you want to, mm-hmm. to sue him and charge them. And they're just saying, okay, no, well, he likes to put down fires. We all do. But that <laughs> mm-hmm. was just a bad apple. I'm sorry. Can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Damn, son. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that was just my, my little entry on, on professional privilege. I didn't really know where to include that. So I just put it in there somewhere. But that's just like the secondary point. We're still talking about white privilege. And I think what's important here, because I know a lot of people or I feel a lot of people are offended when they're confronted with that concept of, mm-hmm. of, of white privilege because it has that air mm. of accusation with it yeah right. it comes with accusation of racism and of discrimination and all that and i think it's um, super important to understand that being privileged doesn't mean you're evil it's just that responsibility that you have to 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 look at yourself and yes, see where your blind exactly. spots are right and as exactly. a yeah. It's not an accusation of racism, but more like a pointer that you should really take a look at yourself, realize in what ways you're benefiting just from the color of your skin. Right, yeah. right. And this applies to everybody, not just people who are white, but also right. people who are not black. Yeah. And, and yeah, right. Not just the color of your skin. Well, that's all true, too, but mm-hmm. not just the color of your skin, but those things that make you benefit from a system, from the system around right. you. Right. Like exactly. if you're. If you're um, if you're straight, or if you belong to a certain religion, that's the state mm. that happens to be the state religion. Yes. If you're yes. male in a male-dominated society, uh, this and that, and all these things. If you're a local. Yeah, but all things preceded by the first thing you see, which is the color of your skin. Because mm-hmm. some people wouldn't get to the point that they would be asked what their religion is, or what their sexual orientation is, or what their beliefs mm-hmm. are. Just because they're already shut out because of the color of their skin. And I think it's not yeah. just the color of the skin. It's two things. The color of the skin and how you look like. Because, like, sometimes, even if you were white, but if you look Arab, mm-hmm. that's already something. You're yeah. brown. If, if, you mm-hmm. have, if you have, like, facial, um, thick facial hair, mm-hmm. you'd have to shave before you go to the airport because... You're you're worried that you might just be stopped for a bit. You're gonna get yeah. randomly selected right. for a search. <laughs> Hold on, I'm about to be randomly selected. Yeah. So, well, what I wanted to to end with is just by saying that white privilege is a thing. It's not an accusation, mm-hmm. but not just uh, and not a reason to wail and guilt. It's not mm-hmm. something that people should take as an insult. Um, it's a cue, like I said, to reflect, see in what ways you're benefiting from things you yes. didn't earn by yourself. Mm-hmm. And right now we have to realize that we're living in this skewed system where the Western world or most of the world was built by white men for white men and dismantling Mm -hmm. this imbalanced, unjust, highly skewed system takes time, takes reflecting. That can hurt, especially those who are in those privileged positions. Yeah, we all have bias. We have blind spots. Understanding who's being mistreated right now in the system, that would be the first step. 
and it's not yep. always going to be easy. Yeah, and I like what you said when you when you talked about just facing and accepting the fact that you have uh, privileges that you did not work for, that you that were just there because mm-hmm. of the color of your skin. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the place that you were born in, right. because of how you look like, you you already have those privileges, which means you're already um, like three, ten steps ahead of others. Mm-hmm. And as much as it is difficult to embrace, you have to, because it's not about, um, again, like you said, it's not about trying to insult you. It's just people asking you to take responsibility for that privilege that you have. And using it to help people yes. who oh, yeah. are less yeah. privileged. Yeah, that would be the, the call to action. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the second step after realizing how you're privileged would be to know and think about how you can use that right. to, to help the less privileged people around you. Yeah. Yep. And it's going to be quite difficult. But then I think um, the world, it's in the right time now that we start doing so we start doing and i'm surprised it happened this late like i'm so happy that everyone's on board right now but it's like Uh, but the thing is when you say everyone it's still not everyone oh yeah there are still a lot of people i mean there are a lot of people who still do not embrace their their privilege i Mm -hmm. mean not embrace but accept and um there are people who are also um, who also think that, okay, I'll just be on the sidelines because it's a lot easier. I'll live my life, post my selfies, travel the world because mm-hmm. I can, and I'll just not talk about these political things. I'll not, yeah. just not talk about these societal problems because it's easier. And I can't do anything about it anyway. It's not going to change if I do something. Well, right. it is going to do something. That's your the worst voice, mentality. Your voice and just a little bit of... of um, changing your perspective would change something because yeah. when you have your own family, that perspective that you have will be um, passed, on. Tra- passed on to generations and generations. Right. And by changing your perspective, you're already helping. Right. You don't have to make thousands of dollars of donations or you don't have to make a speech in front of people or protest and and use war to to help using your privileged voice is enough yes exactly thank you so much heiko for that on leading the conversation on privilege and making it really clear that it is a thing and it is something that we should accept and reflect on and from that um learning and looking into ourselves that's one of many things that people have been telling us because Mm -hmm. last week we asked you listeners what things you suggest to do to further educate yourselves on this and also what things you have been doing to help for this movement you have given us really really good suggestions from around the world so let's get into them Okay, so we are going to read some of your suggestions that we got from Instagram and Facebook. We asked you what you could do to educate yourself and how you think you could inspire others to learn about issues like racism, privilege, equality, 
etc. Okay, the first one is Hanan from Saudi Arabia. She said, I do my best to sign any petitions I can, post about them, and try and be as aware as I possibly can be about the situation and what I can do to better myself as a human. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's it's a very simple thing to do, but it's yeah. a very helpful thing to do. Yeah, because if if you, let's say, if you don't have a job and you don't yet have an income, signing petitions would really help. Mm-hmm. Well, the right and ones. I like what she, yeah, the right petition. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I like what she said about doing to what I can do to better myself as a human. And that's yeah. always the most important thing. Looking start inside you. you to start the change. Right. Mariam from Egypt says, With all things happening, I've noticed that a lot of people deny that this discrimination has been going on for so long in the places that they live in or the communities they're in. Mm -hmm. Admitting that it has been going on for so long, in my opinion, is one of the most important ways to start eradicating it. It has been normalized in the news, the media, movies and TV shows, even here in Egypt, for so long that people think it's the normal way of going about things. Mm -hmm. My country has a great diversity and just like any other place, it's had its fair share of all the racism. And the fact that whenever it takes place, people just pretend that they don't see it or walk away like it's nothing important infuriates me. I've stood up to a lot of people on different social media platforms that I've seen across that line. I'm trying, but I need the rest of the people to do so too. Wow. That's one one super difficult thing that as, as soon as people don't remember a certain or don't remember the start of a certain value because they're too too young uh, they would say mm-hmm. it's just the natural way of doing things yes it's mm-hmm. the normal thing yeah and, and she said admitting it admitting yeah. that it has been going on is one of the things that she could do and and really i like true. the part where where she talks about there are places, there are communities where they deny that it is happening there mm-hmm. and therefore mm-hmm. we should not be involved. That is a very good thing to kind of put into everyone's face that yeah. it's impossible that these kind of issues are not happening in your community. And right. yeah, and she also mentioned that she's standing up to a lot of people online and starting conversations with people online, but she also wants to spread that and make people do the same. Because that's a very difficult to do it's Mm -hmm. very hard to just put up the courage to comment Mm -hmm. and and or talk to people uh, and well and people do get defensive when it comes to Mm -hmm. um justifying their 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 laziness or staying with the status quo because it's convenient it's also the uh, the bystander syndrome exactly Mm -hmm. yeah bystander effect Uh, i think yeah bystander effect something like that something like that yeah but although we find out years later that it wasn't, it wasn't actually true. true. But, but still, but the happens. effect is there. The syndrome the effect, is there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, this one is from Shahad. She's from Saudi Arabia. And she says, If I happen to accidentally offend someone, I will apologize and ask why they are offended. So I better myself for future encounters. Which That's also a very difficult thing to do, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Because now the mentality online is, Oh, you're offended, so what? Right. And, that, that's and just to apologize ends. and... Yeah, and there's one way, or there's, it's one thing to say sorry, to apologize, but it's a whole other thing to ask why someone is offended. Exactly, yeah. And right. that's important. That's a good thing. Just be cautious, you know, of, what, of the things you say. Mm-hmm. Next up is Afnan from the UK. 
She says, I myself come from a non-white background. Even though people know what it's like to face discrimination based on color, people close to me still participate in being discriminatory toward people in the black community, especially with colorism. Being dark in my country is highly looked down on, which is, I think, a big issue in itself. And I think people like me and the youth and the younger generation are more woke. So I think we can start eradicating these things from our community first. Also, by having conversations with our families on the dinner table, they're going to disagree at first, but eventually they're going to have to think the way we think. That is, if we have a conversation. If we never mm -hmm. bring these things up with them, we can't change things at all. That's what I've been doing, is having conversations with my family. I've showed them videos of the blatant racial injustice all over the world, and so far they've been pretty supportive. To be honest, if I didn't start opening up these topics with them, I don't think it would have happened. Mm. Starting conversations like that on the dinner table is not, would you say, like a normal thing to do for a lot of fam families, especially yeah. in this day yeah, and age. Yeah, yeah. Because right now... Um, children and parents would always just have their own thing to do mm -hmm. especially with internet now and streaming and all these devices mm. but growing up in our family i'd say we're very fortunate yeah because it's because very encouraged for us to always talk and everything and that's debate happening. and, yes. and argue yeah. and have really deep conversations on the table yeah and yep. dad would always want to have that one time either lunch or dinner just to sit down together together and yeah. talk about issues and that's really good that you open these things up mm -hmm. with them because they have different views and you're lucky enough to know these things that are going on because of you know social media and it's yeah. important to bring that to them yeah and I, and something she said about um in her country there's this discrimination on colorism and such mm -hmm. we relate to that as well because in the yeah, philippines in the philippines um, our brown skin, our natural brown skin is also um, considered. considered unattractive or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, and that's why when you go... I think Haiko have, has seen this when he went to the Philippines to visit. When you go in um, a store or in a pharmacy or something like that, a department store, there would always be rows and rows of whitening lotion, whitening, whitening soap, soap uh -huh. yeah. and all that. Where and the commercials mm, on TV are always yes. like that. Um, yes. make your skin lighter and this is also also something she said to me personally was that these things are also normal in her country like right. the commercials and such to lighten your skin because it's mm -hmm. fairer and more attractive yeah fair and lovely yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's in here in Saudi Arabia um, uh, originated fair and lovely. in South Asia really I didn't know that here in Saudi Arabia and in the Middle East that's also a big thing mm -hmm. yeah just being fairer like yeah. you know, the wider you are, the more attractive you are. That's that's Green. the thought. All right. So Mia from the Philippines, she recommended the app called Blinkist, and I tried this a mm -hmm. couple of days ago, and it's very nice. It's um, it's an app where what they do is they go, they get the key highlights of a certain book. Mm -hmm. And shrink it into, let's say, um, four short audio notes. Um, at least 15 minutes or less mm -hmm. of um, audio notes that you could listen to or read as mm -hmm. well. So it's, it's good because you will have these really good books that you won't have enough time to read maybe. Uh, or maybe 
you're you're not sure if you want to get the book and you just want to know the key highlights of is it. Is this is this app for free? Um, there's a free version, but there you could also purchase a subscription so that you could get access to all the books that they have. Gotcha. So it's a very cool thing because especially if we're in this time and age, we're all so busy. So I tried this like while going for a run or working out. Um, I'm more into these now, like podcasts and stuff. Than music. Than music. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I'm just adulting. Well, so yeah, using, using that app for the, you know, to educate ourselves on this movement, that's yeah, really cool. Yeah, and right now um, they're featuring featuring books on racism and featuring the BLM community as nice. well. So that's very good. And another good thing about that would be that um, usually, or not usually, but often those books would be written in this academic lingo that it's that's really yes. complicated and that it really deters people from actually engaging with them. Exactly. So breaking them down into those 15-minute bits can um, facilitate the access or f- facilitate reading all that and, and, exactly. and, and engaging with that. That's so helpful because sometimes someone would be like, someone would have that spur of confidence to be like, okay, I'm going to educate myself right now and read this book. Yeah. Then they're bombarded by these... All those, all those different super, super complex terms: racism, stereotype, xenophobia, and and all that. Yeah, and breaking them down can actually help this time. In this Mm -hmm. case, so like I tried and I didn't understand anything. So this is something really helpful. Yeah. Right. So Yusuf reaches out to us from the U.S. He says. Being on the ground here, I can say the most profound way to inspire education on racial matters is to get people to recognize the stakes that they hold. Once the stakeholders recognize their role and the influence that comes with it, then they start to realize and and understand their own self-worth. What I meant by that is that racial minorities, especially black people, have been oppressed in this country ever since they were forcibly brought here from Africa 400 years ago. And as a result, due to the dehumanization that came with the enslavement, the Jim Crow laws, which were a set of racist laws that were enacted after slavery was ended in 1865 to keep black people below whites on the social ladder, black people were repeatedly marginalized, murdered by extremist groups like the KKK, etc., and were subjected to all kinds of open racism from everyone. And as a result, black people themselves due to illiteracy and mediocre access to education and social resources, were made to feel helpless and lost sight of the fact that they hold a large stake in the nation's well-being due to their large population. As a matter of fact, the slave owners were so bad that when black slaves would sing songs to pass the time and forget their agony, the white slave owners would say, Look, they're all singing, so they must be happy. Wow. When MLK and Malcolm X came along, they galvanized black people for the first time and made them realize that they had the same rights as everyone else and deserved to have access to those rights. In example, they realized the stakes that they had. And from there, we saw people begin to educate themselves en masse for the first time in America's history. Yeah, and as you can see from his thoughts, it's really important to know history because that's where you start learning about where these racial injustice and structural r- racism and comes from yeah comes to from. like really understand how to go about things yeah thank you yusuf all right takwa from germany says that history was never my favorite subject in school but 
as I've grown older, I've started to realize how important it is to be educated on past events. We'll never be able to fully understand where a person is coming from until we have an idea of what they've been through. Didn't like history in school? That's okay. I'm not telling you to pull out a textbook or to read a book. Watch a documentary. Look things up on YouTube. Listen to podcasts. If you really want something, you will find a dozen ways. All you have to want right now is change and to be a part of that change. Mm. Yes. 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 Who yes, liked yes. history in school? In school, I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it, it depends on How the teacher. Oh, in school? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But history is a subject in itself is yeah. really interesting. interesting. Yeah. And she's super right. And and it kind of relates. Like, um, Yusuf gave us all these information to make us understand yeah. more clearly. And it's correct. She said that we have to get to know these things because and it's really important. And you don't just have to get them from a full-on history history textbook mm-hmm. there's so many resources textbook. now but yeah there's so many movies. but again of course you have to fact check i see a problem um there that a lot of people when they want to get educated they see that as that huge task uh that's yeah. so intimidating but ah. as takwa says um you can do that in bite-sized pieces Mm-hmm. And just watch a documentary here and there and listen to a podcast. That doesn't mean you have to change your entire life or your entire mm-hmm. daily routine. Exactly. It's really something but, you can but squeeze those little in things at any time would of the day. change your life. It would, right, as a result. Yeah. The best part is when you start to get more and more of these bite-sized chunks until you get a full meal. Mm. All right. We have Basil from Turkey. He said... I am talking about racialization, systematic racism, or just racism in general, how it significantly affects lives, how it started, and why it still affects people nowadays. I think if you guys talk about it, you wouldn't only help spread awareness, but also educate people, especially the younger generation. LOL, I sound like a 50-year-old boomer. No, you don't, by the way. There is this article, a short one, five to six pages, that covers this topic really well. I'm going to send it to you. And did i think it's good if you guys go through it and discuss some of the points that are mentioned in it uh how i use whatever i have to help through the movement well since i don't live in the u.s and i cannot protest here in turkey i use social media to spread awareness about the whole movement i also like to join in online discussions about the movement protests and etc i find a great way to learn and educate each other Mm. So, yeah, the the article that he sent is entitled Globalization and Racialization by Manning Marable. Marable was an American professor of public affairs, history, and African-American studies at Columbia University. And he founded and directed the Institute for Research in African-American Studies. So it's a very interesting read. Yeah. Thank you for that recommendation so yeah if you can't physically be there to protest or to do something you still have a lot of resources online discussions as he said and yeah and spread awareness through social media well my comment here would be that it's always a good idea to just look around and see where not just racism but racialization happens which Mm -hmm. is the first Mm -hmm. step towards racism like when you see a different A certain group of people and there is an obvious difference in like in terms of faith or in terms of looks and you construct that biological idea of race 
trying to naturalize mm-hmm. the difference. Um, that's always already the first step. Next up, we have Aldrin from Saudi Arabia. He says, let yourself step out from your comfort zone. Try new things. Assess yourself and identify your weaknesses and strengths. Turn your weaknesses into strengths, and that's how you inspire others. Beautiful, bro. Yeah. This I like that. This is a that. very, um, like an inspirational talk kind yes, of thing. Yes, because it's really true. that, yeah. <laughs> And it really relates to what we have been saying is that you have to be not comfortable. Yes. Yes. Right. You know, yeah. yeah. we're not saying it's easy. It's not. So step out not. of your comfort and zone. And the time that you start embracing the fact that you should be uh, joining uncomfortable conversations mm-hmm. that's when you actually start learning and helping and helping yes yeah remember when i um talked about those the, this youtube video the my story video mm-hmm. where where african-americans were, t- were talking about their experiences mm-hmm. as as black people in a community yeah uh that was definitely uncomfortable mm-hmm. yeah but that's it's reality something. it's uncomfortable at first but it's reality and um helps you open your eyes a little more i'd say yes. yeah Alina from Sweden says, I think the single most important thing is to try and remember that you can always learn more and do more. Even if it's just smiling to someone in a grocery store or if it's leading a demonstration. I try to educate myself by reading, watching, and listening as much as I can. It's hard sometimes because internet and social media can be overwhelming and include a lot of fake and exaggerated things. I think that every action and reaction you make and do forms not only you, but the people around you. Your choices are important, whether it's picking up litter on the street or standing up to a bully. In times like this, we need all the good actions and reactions we can get for the environment and for the human race. Wow. Hey, that's, that's beautiful, girl. Snaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, as an educator, I always tell my students that it's it doesn't matter if it's just only you as a one person picking up your trash and putting it in trash can if every one of you think the same way it could reach a million and and i really like the things she said about good actions and reactions and reactions cuz you could be mm-hmm. doing something that you think is not going to be affecting in any way but sometimes it could affect really in a negative way and Mm-hmm. You should be aware of that and make mm-hmm. sure that everything you do could result in something good. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just about taking action, but also taking con- taking into consideration the consequences. And what happens after, after you do that. After do, you do that mm-hmm. certain action. So Roma from Saudi Arabia says, Racism is a century-long problem that persists through ages. Well, I was pondering... How I educate myself from this pressing issue. It made me also wonder why this issue still prevails in a world where most societal paradigms shifted to a more accepting and more open outlook. Thinking that no matter what gender, regardless of age and nationality, our biological needs are the same. Thinking on how I educate myself about this issue made me ponder more what causes this to persist. We are fully aware of how damaging it is to the construct of society, yet it still happens. We see on a daily basis how this tears up the fabric of society, and yet we have to wait for a George Floyd to die just for us to cause an action. Sadly, I also blame myself for not taking the necessary course of action in solving this problem. 
In spite of that, I know that having this kind of mindset, this awareness is already a big step to change our outlook on this issue, and this eventually would cause positive change. However, I know it should not stop there because wishful thinking is not enough to create change. As an educator, I don't want to use my influence to my students by swaying them in my perspective, though I know that the issue requires drastic measure to create change. I know at the back of my mind that I'm that if I simply influenced my students with my mindset, I am not helping the situation to change. Instead, as an educator, what I can do is to impart what I know free from bias and let my students decide on the matter, let them make their own course of action and support them in transgressing the issue. Yes. Mm-hmm. Snaps again. Good. Yeah. It's a very tricky uh, situ- tricky place when you're an educator mm-hmm. because there's a fine line where am I influencing them and I uh, am, am I, I being biased being biased opinions? or am I not being biased enough for them to grow up as mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. people so there's always that question in mind right. on where to put up the line mm-hmm. and so, his point of um that it had to take many people to die perish yeah yes. for this to happen is unfortunate mm-hmm. and also that it's really nice that he is aware that mm-hmm. he he knows that he shouldn't just stop as at having this you know this mindset he should also be more vocal and active when he said it should not stop there because wishful thinking is not enough exactly and that's True. the reason why we're in this place because people keep kept hoping for it to stop wishing for it to stop but or not enough people are doing something about it mm-hmm. yeah it's um it's a responsible situation especially as an educator because you really have in in fields like that or with topics like that you'd really have to reflect on on your bias because not just if there is one because there's always one mm-hmm. but what your what your bias is and what direction does it go and how does it affect your way of teaching yeah uh sultan from canada just want to say this movement was a long time coming and it's no it's so needed Racism is alive and well all over the world. And for your question, to begin, it's important to understand your true self, your unconscious bias, the social constructs that you grew up with, your values and beliefs. It's also important to read and be neutral and try to understand the situation more. There are so many books and articles regarding the oppression and marginalization of BIPOC worldwide. Social media can be a great outlet for inspiration and for resources. Just fact check them. It's important to talk about the issues and what's happening with your friends, family, and community. I personally try to alert my community how they can do better and move forward in an inclusive manner by speaking and shedding light on the underrepresentation and discrimination of BIPOC or Black, Indigenous, and people of color. So, yeah, he's basically talking about integration versus, no, sorry. Yeah, integration versus inclusion Mm -hmm. because it's two different things. When you say you're integrated, you're included there, but somehow there are still things that apply to others and does not apply to you. But if you're included, you're in inclusion. It's like making sure that everyone is treated the same way in the society. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're saying if you're 
integrated, you're just part of it, but that's it, you're just part of it. Yeah. Whereas being right. included would be be getting mixed in. Yeah. Yeah. Saba from Jordan says, differentiate between prejudice, racism, and discrimination. I make sure to step in when I see any kind of discrimination, whether on social media or in real life. People have to also shed some light towards those facing the same kind of injustice in Palestine. I get people are fired up, but robbing stores for your own benefit won't solve racism or anything. Good thoughts, good thoughts. <clears throat> what do you guys think? I agree. I like I like that um, she tells us to make sure to differentiate between discrimination, racism, and... I agree. And make sure you step in when you see any kind of that. Because, again, <clears throat> your actions could cause really good or really bad reactions. Mm. But... Uh, on the thought that yes, people are fired up, but robbing won't do good. Mm -mm. It's true. It's very true. Everyone agrees, and a lot, and everyone on the movement of the BLM movement agrees that robbing won't solve racism or anything, because that isn't the movement. The yeah. margin of people doing that, people, first of all, you can take this two ways. First. Yes, they're not part of the movement at all, and people that want to pe uh, protest peacefully are there just to protest, protest peacefully. Mm -hmm. And another way is that if people got to this point that they are rioting and they're very violent and they're very angry, I would say you can't blame the people that are very violent. Yes, violence is not... The answer. We're not condoning it's not an violence. Answer to anything, but because of countless peaceful protests with nothing resulting from that, riot a riot was bound to happen. Would you say it's a little like this this kid in school that gets constantly bullied, finally lashes retaliates out. and beats up and lashes out and then gets punished? Yeah. Do you think that dynamic has yeah, I think like in some there way, there parallels. Yeah, I think in some way, yes, yes. But then, of course, again, that's still not an excuse. It, there's a, a lot. Not, yeah. There's a lot of layers into that because one, if that is not an ex not an excuse, like let's say for the kid who's getting bullied, if that's not an excuse for you to beat up the kid and be yeah. later on, what would yeah. you do? Like, for years and years, you were bullied and you couldn't do anything about it. And that's the same thing with these people. Like, they report, they try to protest, and they protest peacefully. They they every make time. it known to the world, and yet nothing happens. So right. again, it's not an excuse to be violent, but it's also I'd say you can't a hundred percent. This resulted blame them. from so many things that have happened. That's my centuries. take, but of course mm -hmm. we have different takes on that. And yeah, and making it clear again. If you look at everything that's been going on, most, I mean, a lot of the people that are protesting out there just want a peaceful protest. Yes. Just yeah. a few bad apples, if you will, are just <laughs> taking the opportunity to steal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's um, sad to say, but mainstream media wants us to believe that this whole protest is full of violence mm -hmm. and riots. Mm -hmm. When in fact, if you look closely into the experiences firsthand of these people, you'd see that there are so many places where the protests are very peaceful. And that the violence starts with the police. Yes. 
Um, uh, from that as well, she also mentioned that we should also shed light on some discriminations. I, uh, the same type of discriminations going on in Palestine and everywhere around yeah, the world. Everywhere and in the world, yeah. Yes. This movement, although it may be called Black Lives Matter, and it's focused on that right now because of what happened and what's been happening in the U.S., this movement would not only solve that. Yeah. Protests are going on around the world right now. And and it's it's not exclusive to the fact that it's the U.S., Mm-hmm. We're we're eradicating racism and prejudice and discrimination. And I think with this, um, what I'm seeing also is, which is a good thing, because from this protest and from what happened in the U.S., younger people are getting more and more aware of what's happening, not just in the U.S., but around the world. And not just within the Black Lives Matter community or the Black community, but also, yes, in their community. And that's really good. And... And yes, we should totally shed light on these topics on Palestine and and China. You know, there's yes. so many things going on there, and that is good to some extent. But when people, when especially us, the younger generation, are too carried away with being very vocal, sometimes mm-hmm. it could go the wrong way, and right. we know that too yes. well. So we also have to be careful about that because um, we again, we, I talked about this in the first part that we should not be putting them in one pot there's still very different cases and they're separate cases um and that we should create change for them as well but Mm -hmm. it's not like one issue for everybody you know well it's not like that yeah so i i i think maybe it would seem like my arguments contradict but yes this movement was for the black lives matter movement and i'm also saying that this movement would also affect people around the world to change their look on discrimination, prejudice, and racism alike. It's not that we are also, we're putting everything in one pot. It's just that we are hitting so many birds yes. with this. Yes, yes. It's and just one. It's just one among many that we can do. Yeah, and, and we're asking people and we're trying to inspire people to create change mm-hmm. in their own communities. Yeah. So it applies to any type of prejudice, racism, and discrimination that is happening within our own communities. Mm -hmm. And lastly, we have Aisha from the Philippines. She said, by keeping up to date with what's happening around us, we have the opportunity to change our views on cultural stereotypes and learn about what's happening and what matters to people. Mm -hmm. Yes. Keeping Keeping up up to date. date. That's really (laughs) important. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we're so comfortable with what we're doing. Um, we're focusing on our own stuff that we forget what's actually happening in the world. And and she also mentioned that we have this opportunity right now. And like how I mentioned before is that if this movement was the one that got you to start, good. good. But it it's something okay. that we should have been doing from before. Mm-hmm. But now... That this thing is going on and it's really big and it's a really good opportunity. Take it and use it. And the fact that we start reevaluating the the past and the recent past and mm-hmm. and and see how it's actually so clear that we should have we should have seen that way before. That's that's a good step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a part of the reflective process, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, don't blame yours. I mean, of course, there's a little bit guilt when you think, "Oh, why haven't I done anything before?" But 
get past that. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge that and say, right. yes, I have n- done nothing. And get on with it. So therefore, do something now. Yeah. Because yeah, that's a part of the growing process. Right. Wailing and guilt just mm-hmm. by itself, that would just be self-pity and, and, and stupid and yeah. not helpful <laughs> and, at all. Yeah, And because something there, like that's why people feel guilt and that's why I have felt guilt before is that sometimes you have so many urges, many, many opportunities and urges to say something or do something but then you, you then you wait it out mm-hmm. and you're like maybe there's a better time for this which is wrong mm-hmm. as soon as possible is the best time mm-hmm. word uh it's also a great time right now to to learn about things mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. use and utilize our the resources we've got for learning you know there's almost no excuse to be ignorant these days yes true very and true. just like a, a favorite uncle of mine says, with great power comes great responsibility. Aww. So this this thing we have is a is a power. Our tools are really powerful right now. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Thank you so much for all those thoughts and and comments. We really appreciate it, and we hope that we that you inspire. You keep inspiring people. Keep educating yourself because it's high time that we do that. So yeah, now that we have given you updates and kept you up to date and talked about history, privilege, and given you some suggestions on how to educate yourselves, and you also have given us suggestions, now that we have done that and this two-part learning through the movement may end, please continue to do everything after this. Continue to educate yourselves. Keep having these conversations with people around you, on the dinner table, and with people close to you. And while you're continuing to do all that, while you're educating yourself, you may also want to follow our Instagram. For example, at Hanajipuri for the lovely Hana. At Potetogami, where Hamid shows off his art and writing skills. Then at Aiko Heilig for me, where you can anticipate my first post. Ooh. Yeah, I'm gonna post at some point. Yay! I know. Yay. We have Yaspuri for Yasin, and don't forget to check his YouTube account also. And most importantly, at the Four Takeaway Podcast on Instagram for updates, announcement, and just plain old crew content. That's it for today's episode. Tune in next week to find out which takeaways we four weirdos have picked to talk about next. Hopefully that completes your order. Thanks for listening to The, the Four Takeaway Podcast. Would you like that for dining or for takeaway? Four takeaway.